We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, good morning to all. Oh, my God. Speaking of Michael Jackson, I got to give as strong a recommendation as I can. Let me find the name of it. Let me find it. I give a 10 out of 10 recommendation later today when you're just chilling. You got to watch The Greatest Night in Pop. It is all about the uh, coming together and execution of the We Are the World thing. It is a spectacular documentary. So check that out. The Greatest Night in Pop. John, you especially will love it. I'm there. The artist of the mid-80s. I have not seen it. I must see that. It sounds exactly up my alley. It is awesome. It is awesome. Today's show sponsors the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. You're in the zone. New users get up to $1,000 casino bonus back if you're down in the first 24 hours. Bet Parks. You must be 21 and in PA, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Went to see the show, MJ, up in uh, New York on Broadway. Dude, it was spectacularly good. I mean, you're talking about a talented dude, Mm -hmm. a couple of talented people on stage doing that show. I mean, MJ, you can say what you want. He's had a had a, know, rough, a lot, had going, a, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. going on there. But the music and the ability and the dance and just off the charts. Unbelievable. So, Ruben, who was more the MJ, Jackson or Jordan? Oh, my goodness gracious. I got to say Jordan. I think he was more MJ, too. I got to say Jordan because I don't. He went by that nickname more consistently, was, right? When there, you there, saw? Was no, there was no. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think. I don't know. When I think Michael Jordan, I think that maybe the best athlete ever in the history of sport, other than maybe a couple of guys that are playing soccer. You know, you're talking about Messi and Pele and Yeah, they only Ronaldo. use they only use their, their their feet and their head every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's they're, not enough not enough coordination. Not enough but, coordination for me in soccer. Uh, I, I mean I think that's an <laughs> interesting concept. The best athlete, 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 period. Jim Thorpe, Jim Brown, like you, you, you have different names. Oh, Bo yeah. Jackson, the Bo Jackson. But is there a better, is there a pro- better per- professional athlete as far as utilizing his body and all of his athleticism? Perfect. Than ba- basketball players. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I agree. Strength, on that. speed, yeah. quickness, touch. I mean, I don't hmm. know. If That's a, a be- fascinating question. I don't know that there's a better like professional athlete. Now, soccer players are great. They're tremendous. They do amazing things and. They paid are paid handsomely for it, and yeah. especially in Europe. But um, and I'm a big fan of Messi's. But I, I, but my goodness, what about I mean, a guy like Charles Woodson who played both ways in uh, college football? Played both ways in the NFL. I mean, that's yeah, fall, Deion fall, Sanders. Well, both ways yeah, Charles in the Woodson falls flat in a conversation like Michael Jordan and Jim Thorpe. I mean, all due respect well, yeah, to Chuck but, Woodson there. I mean, that's you know, I know Bo Jackson could hit a baseball and run the football. Yeah, but to be clear on Bo, he wasn't a great baseball player. 
No, but he was. I mean, he was an all star. He, he was. He was yeah. voted. I got a chance. An all star. He was a decent baseball. I got a chance that's to right. watch. He would. That's he right. would do things that other people could not. do I know. In baseball. But he'd also hit two six. No, no. The hardest thing to do in sports yeah. is hit a baseball. Yeah. I listen. You don't have to tell me, man. I, I hit it to the tune of a five hundred on base percentage in fantasy. <laughs> Did you hit listen. the five hundred on base percentage? Yeah. I was a walker. I was a great walker, Ruby. What an eye. Discerning Did you eye. hear the way he did that, though? I hit into <laughs> uh, the tune of 500 on-base percentage. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, You didn't hit. You walked into it. I, yeah, I walked into walk. A couple hit by pitches. You know, maybe uh, maybe a pass ball strike. Pass ball, pass ball strikeout. Uh, does that count, James? Pass ball strikeout. Is <laughs> yeah, that... on-base percentage. Yeah, oh, sure. there you go. I'll take yeah, one of them. He's got the eye of Barry Bonds <laughs> with the bat of Steve Jeltz. All right, let's go to the phones. <laughs> We'll get. To, by the way, some some fascinating audio about the Eagles' coaching search um, on one of the coordinators that you may not know about. How it was apparently almost not Kellen Moore, and who it almost was. Pretty interesting. We'll get to that shortly. Let's go to Ken and Cinnamonson. Hi, Ken. Good morning, friends. How are you today? Doing well, Ken. Morning, Ruben. It's good to good to have you on for this conversation. Thanks, Ken. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit about the the danger of looking for that one guy that can give you 40 saves out of the bullpen as opposed to getting 40 saves out of your bullpen however you get them. Yep. And last year showed that, right? So uh, Rob Thompson has said all along that it, he, he decides these things by matchups and, and, and situations and, and high leverage and all that kind of stuff. But especially early on in the year uh, – you know, Kimbrell kind of moved into that closer role, and he and he earned it. I mean, Craig Kimbrell was was really good the first part of last year. People sure kind of forget that he was an all star, um, and he is one of the most successful closers in the history of baseball. But that wound up kind of being his role for the rest of the year. And when you're relying on that one guy, it's great if he's Mariano Rivera and the wheels never fall off. But there's not many of those guys out there, and when the wheels do fall off, and the manager still has set up his bullpen to hand the baseball to that guy when it matters most at the end of the game, um, and the wheels fall off, you get what you got. I agree. You so, know, can, can you know what I think enters this conversation? So even if Alvarado is the best bullpen piece this year, and there's a great chance he will be, I still think come playoff time, there's a good chance Rob Thompson will deploy him wherever he feels he needs to six, seven, eighth, ninth inning based on left-handed batters are coming up, and I'm fine with that. I, I, I have come around to realize there – I mean, like, let's put it this way. Let, let's use the 08 Phillies as an example. Let's say you're facing the 08 Phillies. They're our beloved team. But let's say you're facing them. And it's the eighth inning, and Chase Sutley and Ryan Howard are about to bat. And I got Alvarado as an opposing pitcher. I'm using him in the eighth inning against Chase Sutley and Ryan Howard. I'm not saving Alvarado for when freaking uh, – uh, what's his name? Pedro Feliz comes up to bat. No offense to Pedro Feliz, who got the winning hit, but you get my point. I mean, so I think there's a lot of merit to that. Now, what really hurt them, Ken, last year was Sir Anthony going down the tubes. Yeah. That really that, hurt. That's a confidence thing. I think he's got, he's got the physical stuff to get that back. But especially in the playoffs, I'll go, I'll go you one further, Joe. Um, in that situation, I, I'm going to give the ball to the best pitcher I have available. And if that's a starter who's on two days rest, but he's available if I need him to get three outs when I need three yeah, outs to finish right. a game, you know, I mean, don't don't forget it was Zach Eflin who, who yeah. got the save in the game that clinched the postseason for them two years well, ago. Well, how about this, Ken? It was Tommy Green warming up in game six 
of the 93 World Series warming up in the bullpen when Mitch gave up the home run. We saw Wheeler well, come into Game 7 this year. Yeah, you know? it, it, it didn't really work out. Right. And, and that part of it is about makeup, about making sure that a guy can handle his emotions, being able to do that, after not having done it for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys, just to say, oh, you know what, he's the best pitcher, he's going to come in and blow people away. Well, it's a totally different scenario when you're coming out of the bullpen than if you're doing through going through your routine and preparing for a start. Um, I, that's not to say that you shouldn't use, utilize them, but you also have to know the makeup of the player and how, how he's going to be able to handle that. Hey, Ken, give me a big-time answer. Best performance so, uh, ever in a scene in a movie. I'm pretty sure that even James might not have seen this movie, but uh, <laughs> history is made at night. Character is what you are in the dark. John Lithgow as Emilio Lazardo in The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, 1985. You were right, Ken. Wow. Uh, even I have not seen or heard <laughs> of that movie. I think I think Ken really, John, doesn't want the Usher tickets. Doesn't want the Usher tickets. He came way too close yesterday. Yeah, no. He's like, I'm not doing that again. That's a VHS or way in the back of someone's closet. Somewhere. Can I say something about Kimbrell's numbers last year? Yeah. Eight and six, three, two, six ERA, seventy-one games. That might have been the most he's ever pitched in his career. Twenty-three saves, one point zero four three WHIP. I mean, Kimbrell was outstanding. He ran out of gas. That's right. And it was and it was Rob Thompson's fault for putting him in the damn game. That's it. I think he felt That's that it. he still had it in him. And it, a little bit like Jim Fergosi when, Very much. When, when, when Mitch Williams stayed in the game. I mean, you know. Do you remember, Ruben, that Tommy Green was warming up in the ninth inning? I do not remember that yep. because I was so pissed off about <laughs> what was happening there that it was just upsetting. I couldn't. I don't remember. It was. I should remember. I know. It was like watching a train wreck happen minutes right before, of, right minutes before it happens. Yeah. It, it, it just it, it still breaks my heart. Uh, let's listen to, uh, to Adrian Wojnarowski. It is, of course, an NBA trade deadline day. We are now uh, six hours and 30 minutes to the trade deadline. I don't expect the Sixers to do much, but Woj talked yesterday on ESPN about the 76ers possibility. Philadelphia is as banged up as you could possibly be right now. Are they going to take a swing? They're really trying hard. I think Philly, you know, one team that they had had a lot of conversation with, uh, with, uh, Detroit, Alec Burks, Boyan Bogdanovich. I'm ta- told you know that those talks largely broke down uh, this evening. But Philly is all over the map, trying to get some size, trying to get some shooting, some playmaking. They've been in a free fall here without not just Joel Embiid, but having players like DeAnthony Melton out and Tobias Harris. Tyrese Maxey was sick tonight, but I think this is still a team that thinks they can kind of get their anchor back and try to bide their time uh, with some additions here until Joel Embiid can come back. Uh, But they're going to be really active. I think they'll make moves. It'll be a question of of how significant they are. It really is a shame it's come to this. You know, without Embiid, I mean, they are are free-falling right now. I think it's, what, six out of seven or five out of six? Seven out of eight, yeah. Seven out of eight? Their schedule over the next, I don't know, Ten games? Not easy. It's not good. So let, let's get to today's Twitter poll question of the day. Brought to us by Armin Chevrolet with red tag bonus cash on every new Armin Chevrolet Equinox. It ends soon. Uh, of course, you can find new roads to Armin Chevrolet. Visit ArminChevy.com. Again, that's ArminChevy.com. Today's question, do you expect the 76ers to make a meaningful trade before today's 3 p.m. trade deadline? course two choices choice a yes choice b no you can vote at sports radio wip on twitter and wait on the phone lines we'll remind you the big game coverage of course the game's coming up on sunday big game coverage on wip brought to us by solo stove feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit solo stove 
Vegas.com. All right, all the calls on all these topics coming up in one minute on everything we're discussing. Live bet all your favorite sports, including the big game. Play your favorite casino games on the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. Bet more than the score. Bet Philly and all pro hoops. Bet on players, individual performances, and so much more. Live bet as you watch. Bet Fly Guys Hockey and MMA. You can play Blackjack, Roulette, Texas Hold'em with a live dealer right on your phone. Play a wide variety of the hottest slots, too. And big game on Sunday. San Francisco's a two-point favorite against Kansas City. The over-under is 48 points. Check player props. Bet on the coin toss. The over-unders by team. The scoring by quarters. Join me and download the Bet Park Sportsbook app. New customers make a winning $10 bet. Get $125 in bonus sportsbook bets back. You must be a winning bet, and bonus bets must be wagered once. The Bet Park Sportsbook is the only sports betting app I use and recommend. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. New users only. Terms and conditions apply. See website betparks.com for details. You must be 21 and in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, more of the notable Dave Dombrowski audio from yesterday's show. We'll get to that shortly. Plus, something Jeff Mosher said about the Eagles coaching serves for a coordinator from the recent weeks when they're looking to hire an offensive coordinator. This was interesting stuff. We'll get to that shortly. Mike is with us right now. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, team. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing well, Mike. Hey, you know, I have a lot of thoughts real quick. Uh, first off, I never thought I'd say this, but I completely agree with Howard Eskin this morning uh, about the state of the Phillies. Um, he actually took a couple of the thoughts that I had about we're in a wait to see. I think we're actually in a really good position. Um, yeah. Uh, they are. The second they're, they're a really good yeah. baseball team. Listen, I, I, Mike, I think one of the things the Phillies need to – do they want to go for the gusto to win the division or right. not is a, is a factor that enters in this conversation. Because I still think the Braves are going to win the division. And without more, I think that's extremely likely. So you right. do make your path harder come postseason time. But the Phillies have twice in a row blasted through that first round with ease. So, you know, it's not to say they're punting on the division at all. But without one more big move, I think it's very likely the Braves will win it. Maybe the Phillies are comfortable with that. Maybe they disagree with my assessment. I mean, it's just like the tuna said back uh, back in the 90s. All we need to do is get to the tournament. And from there, we, yeah. we can we can do well in the tournament once we get there. And it is no, and it is, you know what needs to be said more than it is being said, Mike? When Bryce Harper came back last year, they were a completely different team. Totally. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if you take June 1st on, once he found his rhythm, I mean, they played James probably at a 95-win clip or more yeah, probably, Yeah, even right? better, yeah. So it's not like they can't compete with the Braves. I just think the Braves are such a juggernaut it's unlikely, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. It all, well, you know, in my opinion, it all depends on when we play them, too. I mean, we have to temper expectations at the beginning of the season because this team always – for the last couple of years, has gotten hot as soon as June hit. You know, Schwarber starts swinging the bat yeah. a little bit harder. Everything starts coming together when the you know the temperature breaks. That's right. So yeah, it's just tempering those expectations. Secondly, uh, my other point was you guys were talking about greatest athlete. Hold on, hold on, uh, Wait, Mike. What about tempering? What about adjusting expectations so that we don't start out miserably? Uh, you know, the first couple months, and we don't have to be digging out of a hole. I, I I'm excited for for that. Like more measured even play early in the season to to where we're we're solid from the get-go yep. this season oh i mean you're 
you're right on about that, but, I mean, sometimes it happens where we, we, we are in a position that we could dig ourselves out of a hole, and we've shown that the last couple of seasons. True, but there so, was legitimate it, talk June 1st, two years in a row, are they going to make the playoffs? And that, yeah. wasn't, oh, that wasn't phony baloney. Like, I mean, the Mets and Padres never dug out of it last year. The Phillies are the only one of the three that actually dug out of it. Well, that's because we have the bats to do it. Uh, well, that's part of it. All right, Mike, what do you got What do you got here for a, a great performance in a, in a scene in a movie? Okay, so I need to preface it real quick because there's a scene that happens right before that really sets it up, and it's uh, Good Will Hunting. Um, Matt Damon's character meets Robin Williams' character, and he kind of destroys him when he looks at that painting. But it's the very next scene when Robin Williams meets him again out on the park bench, and he gives him that monologue about yeah. how he's a scared kid. That scene, Robin Williams owns that scene. It's probably one of his best performances ever. Well, it is, and it's it's almost ironic from the standpoint that a great, great phone call there, Mike. You know, you think of Robin Williams almost exclusively in the comedic role, which he was perhaps the best ever at. But when he had to get deep, and he could in that movie, and he certainly did in uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Dead Poets Society. And yeah. in Dead Poets. Wow. You're, you're right. right. Jeez. That's three yeah. haymaker deep. Wow. Yeah. Haymaker. Great and one. he did other stuff, too, yeah. like Insomnia. Like, he was in other stuff as, as serious Robin Williams. Did yeah. he ever win? In a acting Goodwill yeah. Hunting, he won. Oh, he won supporting. best supporting actor for Goodwill oh, nice. Hunting. Yeah, because you know what I heard recently, Redford never won for acting. Yeah, no. he's won for directing, and he had some sort of lifetime achievement thing. But Redford never won an actual year. What yep. do you think was his best acting role? I mean, I don't know. I, think I don't Red, know. I don't know. I think Redford. He's like a Sunday. good actor and yeah. a great movie star. I don't know if Robert Redford is like the best actor. I ever. loved him in Spy Game. Is that? And they were, um, I don't know that one. Yeah, Spy Game. With yeah. Brad Pitt, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. so good. Look at Seltzer Rip and Redford. There you go. Yeah, no, Bob, I'm just Bob saying, Bob I, don't, Redford I don't think he's one of the great actors of all time. I think he's one of the great movie stars of all time. Yeah. I think there's a difference, yeah, right? Yeah, you're ripping him. Right. Sure, fine. He's yeah, ripping I'm ripping Robert. All right, Ruben, that last phone call, a lot in there Coming about the fills. What, what hit you there? Yeah, I think, I think we, we talk a little bit about that start, and that was important to, uh, it's important to break down. I mean, and it's something that I think Rob Thompson's uh, you know, bearing down on. Like, we were going to do things a little differently this spring to prepare ourselves a little better. Now, Suarez is going to be healthy, and he's going to be in camp. Uh, you've got you know Wheeler, who was not healthy at the outset of the season. And so when you have two of your best you know, starters sort of down and not ready to roll. That makes a big difference in the start. And you know, you didn't you didn't have Turner playing well. You did not have um, guys like JT, and you didn't have Harper playing. Uh, you didn't have Harper at all. You didn't have you know JT playing well uh, because of the WBC. I think it's a very different setup this year for the Phillies. And I know with Rob Thompson and Caleb Cotham, the pitching coach, they're all poised to make sure that they do things a little bit differently this year to prepare themselves to get out of the gate a little bit better. And to Rube's point about Turner, just how good he was after the ovation, like you're not expecting him to be that great all season, but he batted 339 with a 1069 OPS. If, there's a, if, he, if the whole season, if it was a whole season of well, after the, the MVP, ovation, yeah. 339, 1069 OPS, 55 home runs, 141 RBI, and 145 runs scored if you just take the post-ovations and put it over 162. Wow. So if we get anything like the Trey Turner we expect, like, it's an MVP-type player. And you will offensively. Now, that the defense I'm a little concerned about. He did not play great at shortstop. He's, he's a better shortstop, I think, than we saw. But that said, I mean, I think his whole game will be much better in the early part of the season, and that's important. Yeah. Not just his offense, but his defense as well. And I think... You know, just like any other player, it can affect, you know, each one can affect the other. All right, so, Ruben, it's funny. As you were just talking there, I thought about Jimmy because, obviously, Trey, Trey's lack of range last year stood out to a lot of us. Um, Jimmy, remarkable range in his years here. 
I believe this might be the first time we've had you on the show since Jimmy and Chase both did not make the Hall of Fame recently. Um, are the voters getting it wrong? Because I will tell you this, Ruben, I am a no on both of them, and I say that with all love and appreciation for both of them. I mean, I just hold the Baseball Hall of Fame in, in high regard to have sustained excellence over many years of dominance. And Chase Utley was certainly the more dominant of the two in a shorter period of time. Jimmy was the better of the two over a longer period of time. I go two thumbs down unhappily, but where do you come down and what do you make of of how the voting has gone? So just based on what's happened over the last couple of years and how people are going to be viewing viewing things, and again, this is an argument about length and consistency and and then, you know, having an unbelievable peak you know, yep. it, it's like there, a Mattingly, unbelievable great, peak, but not yeah, not too long. There's great arguments for both. I believe that um, that Jimmy should be a Hall of Famer because of his uh, the length and consistency. And the reason why he is not real popular, in my opinion, is that he did not have an on base percentage yep. that was supposed to be, you know, better for a leadoff hitter. That said, the amount of runs he scored, the defense defensive prowess that he had over the the entire his entire career um the number of hits the fact that he had most the most hits in the history of the Philadelphia Phillies yeah. has them and no one's really going to surpass that i do not believe um maybe harper but i i don't think so i just feel like this is a guy he he feels like a hall of famer to me because i think he played that well over a consistently long period of baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights plus original programs minor league broadcasts and local pre- and post-game shows go to mlb.tv to start your free trial today Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, no, look, there is a strong argument. I just go a little bit on the other side, but I, I get it. I mean, his defense and his base running were beyond exceptional. Let's get to John. It's just fun talking some baseball here today. John and Manny on. Hi, John. What's up, man? You know, the irony, Joe, is I had this nice call curated for, yeah, like, uh, like last week I was going to call, and I was going to say that, you know, the Phillies' devastating loss was just so hurtful, and then the Eagles' meltdown was so hurtful, but at least we have Embiid just killing it out there, and we have the Flyers on a tear, and then uh, Embiid tore his meniscus and Carter Hart thing, and Flyers are skidding, and I, I kind of just kept to myself because I thought maybe I voodooed the city there a little bit. But now you're talking my language a little bit here. First of all, I totally disagree with you a little bit. Kimbrell was getting paid $10 million. He's got 400 career saves. Maybe it's Rob Thompson's fault for sending him out the second time. Second time. But, like, the first time was, like, just, dude, you, you stink. So, but I, I don't totally hate that he went to his player, his all-time great closer in the history of the, of, of the, of the position, and being like, hey, you want to redeem yourself a little bit? But, here, John, probably? here's like, the problem with that argument. And I try to make this mm-hmm. point last October, and a lot of people don't want to hear it, and that's fine. He's, it wasn't 28. Like, this is a guy that made nine all-star teams. At the end, there's an end. And I, I just think that people were missing, including Rob yet, Thompson, that there was a cumulative effect not only of the season but a whole career, and people came crashing down on him. And it's like, no, it's actually a lot simpler than that. He's just cooked. So good for him also, for helping the Phillies get there and, and try someone else. That's not his fault. It was also a little bit of an eye test thing, to be fair. Like, people compared it to Mitch. I think Ruben just did that, which I think was right on. Like, people could see it. Like, well, of course we could. Yeah, Ever, we all saw it other than Rob Thompson. Yeah. It was freaking obvious as hell. Have, if you didn't have Rojas out there a couple times, Kimball gets cooked earlier, too. So, it's like, it, it is what it is. 
Um, but I also agree. I also agree with you, Joe. Though seriously, on the Hall of Fame, I think like it should be. A, it should be like, are you a player that's worth talking about a hundred years from now? You know what I mean? Like, is, is were you that good? And but I, I see what they just did with Joe Maurer with with like he's his single accolades, the batting titles, etc. I think Chase, especially now that he's doing like the uh, the baseball kind of uh, ambassador thing over in Europe and all yeah. that stuff. I think he's. I think he'll eventually get in. Um, but I, I agree with Ruben that, like, the all-time Phillies hitter, I mean, the Phillies organization is, like, one of the originals. You know what I mean? Like, the, 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 all things considered, like, he's the all-time leading hitter for a, a franchise like that. That's got to be considered, too. Uh, but listen, real quick, as far as the acting things go. Uh, I'll, I'll say opinion, yes, but no, I yeah. don't buy into that as much. And here's what I mean by that, Sean. It, it yeah. is notable. I ultimately agree with but, you. But, yeah, yeah. okay, I would have put Barry Larkin in the Hall of Fame. Some people say no, but put it this way. Barry Larkin not being the all-time Reds hit leader? Well, of course he's not because Pete Rose was on the Reds. Right, right. So, right. like, Jimmy Rollins being the all-time Phillies hit leader is notable, but it also speaks to who didn't play for the Phillies. They had right. uh, I mean, 10,000 losses. Yeah, Phillies <laughs> don't exactly have the greatest history. I mean, my God. So I think Matt, I think Matt Schaub's still the Texans' uh, all-time leading, you know. That's incredible. Passer in a, in a, in a lot of records. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, no, real quick, real quick, as far as the acting goes, Christopher Walken has some of the best monologues in a lot of his movies, and I don't want to say a lot of them because some of them are good potential answers out yep. there. But there's a movie, The Deer Hunter, that he won an Oscar for. That I really like. It's it's a movie that everyone should see once, but like it's like it's not one that you really want to go back to. Mm-hmm. But he's a he's in a prisoner of war camp, yep. and essentially he's going from like horrified because they're making him play Russian roulette, and then like when the bullet doesn't shoot him, he like has this kind of happiness like release, but yeah. it's mixed in with this horror. So always, I always wonder like <laughs> how did somebody do that acting? Like? It's but an it's an inc- show. John, thanks, yeah. pal. It's an incredible scene. It really is. By the way, speaking of incredible, I don't know if it's incredible, but it's something who the Eagles maybe almost hired to be the offensive coordinator. We'll get to that coming up in one minute. If you haven't heard this, we'll play that audio in a second. Today is Thursday, February 8th, which means the start of spring is exactly 40 days away. Did you know what else can happen in 40 days? You can lose 20 to 40-plus pounds with the help of NJ Diet. You will be slimmer for the spring since it only takes 40 days to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds contractually guaranteed. Their results are nearly twice as fast as weight loss injections and and without any of those nasty side effects. NJ Diet uses your hair and saliva along with scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements that get your body into the fat burning zone. Then NJ Diet uses your DNA info to help keep the weight off. You're fully supervised the entire time to make sure you're burning fat and not just losing water. And you even get Dr. T's personal email and phone number. Call 855-5NJ-DIET, 855-5NJ-DIET, or schedule your consult today at njdiet.com. Get ready for spring with njdiet.com. All right, John, we know who the Phillies and Joe Cameron here and John Ritchie on WIP on this uh, Thursday morning. Hope you're having a great day. By the way, if you're... 20 minutes away from work, and you're supposed to be there at 9 o'clock. Get your ass moving! All right? Don't be late. Like when Ruben was a GM, he wasn't tolerating lateness. So if you're late to work, get on, get on your horse. You're and not start, early, you're late. Start moving. No, I, I like to do that like once every three months, just to remind people. as Because it's a horrible feeling when you're late to work. What a horrible feeling. All right. John Kellen Moore, that's who the Eagles went with with offensive coordinator. But the who they almost went with has become an interesting thing here. Jeff Mosher does a great job along with Adam Kaplan inside the birds. Um, Cliff Kingsbury was almost their guy. Listen to what Jeff Mosher said recently on the podcast about Cliff Kingsbury and the Eagles. We were told that the first interview went really well. They were obviously going to go through their process. 
Um, what we were told since that was that, you know, they had another conversation with Kingsbury, Kingsbury, where you talk more and then you start to discuss the framework of what it would be like if you're coming in here and you're going to be the offensive coordinator. And somewhere along the line, I think the Eagles really liked his concepts and what he could do offensively. But there was a certain level of autonomy that, from what we understand, they weren't willing to go that far. Maybe it was coaching staff hires that he wanted to make or complete total control over the offense. I, something about the Kingsbury thing, you know, just kind of put the Eagles off a little bit. Listen as Mosher continues on. They, in the end, decided they felt that Kellen Moore was going to come in also very good at what they want and what they look for offensively, but just fit in better with the culture that they're trying to establish. That's what we were told. So it was nothing against Cliff Kingsbury. I think from the way we understand it, they were just getting a vibe that um, if he comes in, it's like his show and you know how the Eagles are. They, they they've made it clear. They're going to let this new offensive coordinator call the plays and, and, you know, preside over the offense. But the offensive coordinator isn't necessarily the head coach. Like you, you want somebody who's yeah. working in tandem with everybody. Um, and the Eagles are big on collaboration. Uh, me saying Kingsbury almost the guy, wow. probably an probably an overstatement by my on my part. But maybe he would have been the guy if they felt a better culture fit. I think that's a more fair way to put it. And interesting stuff there from Mosher again from the Inside the Birds podcast. So John, there's a lot to discern from what was just said. One of which is I wonder. Was it more like, like, is this a sign that that Sirianni is not fully shut out? Or was it more a culture thing about who Cliff Kingsbury is as a guy? Hold on. What is is the question? The fully shut out concept? What, what? All right. Does that even mean? Here's what it means. So we we have um, we have had a lot of conversation about the fact that there is a belief that the new offensive coordinator is running the offense, like he's running the offense. And I wonder if they did not go with Kingsbury. Okay, I you understand he what is I'm running saying? the offense. Well, no, but, hold on. But, but, but hold on. No, he's you're, saying you're that. Saying, yeah, I see. You're, what you're saying, saying you see what I'm saying about that, that Kingsbury would take over too much too and much. not let you're Sirianni saying, have a role. That's what I'm saying. That's what I wonder. Fascinating. That's what I wonder. But Sirianni's involvement with the Kellen Moore offense is what? I don't know. I don't. That's what we don't know. Like I, I don't it, know. It, it is, but it is a foolish. similar similar concept it's to what Sirianni for does. Us to suppose that that Sirianni will not be involved in the offense. He's an offensive coach. He is like that is his cup of tea. It, it's crazy for us to think he's out of the loop. I know, but you know what? When I say involved, there's a difference between no, there's a 10% fine line. and 50%. There's a fine yeah. line here. Like, the, the yeah. Eagles don't want to allow – like, they, they want to give power, just not all that power. Right. Look, Cliff Kingsbury, to me, is not the answer, but Cliff Kingsbury has been a head coach in the NFL. Yep. He's been a, have, a head coach at the college, uh, at the college level – with sorry, maybe uh, yeah, at Texas Tech he was That's a head right. coach with success, yep. great success with the air raid offense. Uh, he's a guy who's considered you know at, at the front end of things in terms of throwing the football, the passing concepts, uh, very aggressive. But as a pro head coach, offensive guru with Kyler Murray out there in Arizona, it was a mess. It didn't feel like he developed him, advanced him. It was stagnant. No, I agree. I don't want that. I will. No, and, I, I and, didn't want him either. I, I agree. There's something going on here. Like they, they will only take this so far they, in terms of turning over the reins. Yeah. 
Cliff Kingsbury is not an answer for me because I don't like the football part. Yeah, I guess what but I'm saying the is the personality I, part also. Right. I just wonder, was it more that they were turned off by a lack of culture fit or a power grab? One of the Probably things, one yeah, of the other. One Probably of the things the that other. Jeff said later in it was it could have been that he won. You know, offense coordinators a lot of times want their own staff. Like Fangio's coming in sure. and he wants to pick his own guys. Jeff Statlin is not going anywhere. That's right. So, I mean, you know, that could have been like, well, no, I want to bring in my own offensive line guy. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And that would be power grab category. That Correct. could be some of that. Yeah. Let's go to Chuck right now in Cherry Hill. Hi, Chuck. Hey, good morning, gang. Good interview, Joe. Oh, thanks, Great buddy. job. Thank you. you had to push it that one question too far. You couldn't quit what leave well enough alone. Fantastic. Wait, which, which, which and you, one? And you got to go to clubhouse music. Oh, I, was, I was feel the awkwardness with Tom Browsing. Oh, I'm, I'm joking. Right uh, no, I, we're having fun. It's yeah. been Ruben, I just saw uh, MJ with my wife and I. Pretty good. Fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, really good. Great. Yeah, really, Tremendous. Really, yeah, absolutely, positively. I like the way uh, you referred, Don Brust referred to it doesn't always catch people's eyes much attention. And talking about Rojas, and, and we did talk about him last week, and his contribution to winning last year. Remember, he skips triple A. Uh, I think fans overreacted the small sample size postseason. When you put him in center field and trust the numbers, because five years ago everybody laughed at, oh, D-War, subjective. That's actually dead accurate. When you look at his war last year, how does this cat put up in 150 plate appearances a 2.5 war? I couldn't find a comparable war for that few plate appearances. But defensively, what a game changer. So I put him up against, I, I, I rinsed him against Mays, Mantle, Trout, Kiermaier probably said that wrong, and Mantle. Wow. And this guy's numbers are better. So, and it, by the way, in that research, every once in a while. Look we at you, Chuck. Dive. Look at you. Now, well, I'm a little well, disappointed you didn't go back to Tris Speaker and Joe Jackson, but, you know. Well, 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 they have defensive close. metrics for those You're guys. You're only willing to go to the yeah. 50s. I mean, if that's, well, you know, I do, it's, a half I ass, do have, it's a half-ass effort if I, you know. Chuck, uh, come Chuck on. find old <laughs> game tape of the old games and get me some defensive metrics from the 20s. No, I, lo- I love the point you made, I love the point you made, Chuck. Well, we're, we're talking about Kiermaier. Hold on now. I'm joking, hey, Chuck. Whoa. I'm just joking. I man. know, but, but Kiermaier's playing today, and his numbers are ridiculously good, and he beats him. That's that's a big bar. But here's our guy, Richie Ashburn. Wow. Had 560 chances, Ruben, in center field, and all the great guys. Pop out at 450 chances in center field. Hashburn puts up less games, 154 and 561. Now, people say right away, yeah, 450 foot center field. Yeah, more room to run. And that is true, by the way. But what a metric for Ashburn comparing defensive center fielders. But anyway, look, it, it, matters, it matters a ton. It really does. It does. Ch- Chuck, give it, me a big answer here. A scene in a movie it, with a great it, performance. It's probably gone by now, but I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse at a Godfather. I'm sure that uh, I can't believe it's no. not gone. Great answer. No, Jack. yeah, that is good. Uh, Ruben, Gary Maddox and Johan Rojas, are they the two best defensive outfielders you've seen with your eyes in all the years of the Phillies? And, you know, you go back about, about 50 years. Are they the two best? Meaning, is he already one of the top two? Oh, I think he's going to be one of the top two because I think yeah, I I I think he's going to be as good as Andrew Jones. And Andrew Jones, is wow, the, he's the best center fielder that I played against and watched with my own eyes. I mean, I know Kiermaier is an outstanding, outstanding center fielder, but 
There was nobody like Andrew Jones. He was great. And I think, and I think that Johan Rojas has a chance to be like that, that kind of impact. And how can uh, you uh, tell uh, that he's that elevated? Yeah. How, how can you t- – like, what puts him that far over the top? So this is what the defensive metrics do- doesn't uh, read necessarily. It, it, it's about his ability to move to the ball um, and his just overall instinct and – you know, not only does he have great instinct and routes to the ball, but he also has great athleticism. So that combination is pretty amazing. Jackie Bradley Jr., also one of the best I've ever been around. Um, and I don't think Jackie gets enough love because he ended up, you know, metrically, because that center field in Boston is so messed up. It's just it's it, tough. It, it, it's yeah. tough to it's tough to grade him. I do it with my eyes, and I, I will tell you that Maddox is probably the best I've ever seen, length and consistently. Um in Philadelphia, but Johan Rojas has a chance to be that sort of impact on the field. Wow, that's wild. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.